Hey everyone, you're listening to an Axe Church sermon. If you have not heard of us before, you can check us out at www.axecamus.org or come check us out on a Sunday. All right, here is the sermon. We hope God blesses you through it. I want you to think about the ground below your feet. The ground below your feet. It's pretty solid, right? We've got this uh, lovely flooring um, plus our sheets of woods, be, w- woods, wood beneath that. And then beneath that wood, there's this like two by four structure that's built into the frame of this whole building that's on a foundation that's holding us up. Uh, and, and when you walk, say like on the sidewalk or on the street, you got that concrete, you know, thick, solid concrete or asphalt, right? That's, that's holding you up as you walk. If you've ever fallen off your bike or tripped, or like my wife, gone jogging and, and tripped and broken your finger, um, which was horrible. It was a horrible experience for us. Uh, you know that the ground is hard. It's solid, right? It's not going anywhere. It, it can hold you up. You're walking in a field. You can see that field, that dirt is all compacted. It's holding trees up. It's strong. You are not generally worried about falling through the ground. You depend on the ground, right? You don't even think about it. In fact, you probably think it's a little weird that I'm even mentioning it, that the ground is hard. Yes, David, the ground is hard. Good. I'm glad I came to church today uh, to learn that. If you were in a conversation with somebody and they started telling you, hey, listen, you can't trust the ground. It's not strong enough to hold you. You're probably going to say something like, oh, okay, buddy. Yeah. You need to maybe watch a few less YouTube videos, right? Um, That is something you simply would not believe because you have confidence in the ground. You depend on it, right? You have faith in the ground. But actually, your friend's sort of right because technically, sinkholes are a real thing, and they can just open up and swallow. They can just open up and swallow this whole building right now. It's happened before. It can happen. Um, It's pretty crazy when you could be walking down the street, and a sinkhole could open up, and you could fall through, or your friend could, oh, there goes grandma down the hole. It could happen, right? But the chances of that happening are so low are so low that you trust the ground. You don't have a problem trusting the ground, right? We depend on it, and we're right to do so, because 99.99999% of the time, the ground holds us up. It holds us up. We have faith in the ground. We trust the ground. And because of that, we are not easily made afraid. We're not easily made afraid that the ground is all of a sudden going to fail us. It's not going to all of a sudden fail us. We walk with confidence, right? When you walk down the street, you walk with confidence. You move with confidence. God is more dependable than the ground, right? God is more dependable than the ground. We talk about God as our rock, the rock of our salvation. And he's even more solid than a rock. But we walk on the ground confidently like, there's, like we're not worried that all this is going to fall down as where we live our lives sometimes as if God was more like walking on ice, right? Like you're testing each step, right? Making sure that that the thing's not going to break. I don't know how many of you have walked on ice. We've got some Michigan people here. You all probably walked on ice, right? Um, it's, It's not trustworthy. It could break. You could fall through, right? We don't show the same kind of confidence in God that we show in the ground sometimes, And it shows in our lives. It shows in our lives. We often live and think 
and worry as though trusting God is like walking on ice. That's how we often live. When there are more bills than money at the end of the month, do we walk confidently, trusting that God is going to provide for our needs, believing that he's going to take care of us, or do we walk like we're walking on ice? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? When someone challenges our ideas, right, they, they come at us with some different idea. Are we confident and calm? Or do we fight and argue and bluster because we don't maybe really have the confidence that we need to have? We've been going through a series called Right Side Up. Right Side Up. And it's about the Sermon on the Mount, which you can find in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. And it's a sermon, this amazing sermon that Jesus gave with so many of his teachings. So if you'll turn your Bibles, if you have them, to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 5. I'm going to find it also. It's in the New Testament, Glenn. If you're... Well, thank you. Just making sure. I'd give you a page number, but we probably don't have the same Bible. Okay. Matthew 5, 5, it says this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Hmm. The meek are blessed. Who, who are the meek? Meek is a weird word. I'm just going to tell you. It's just kind of a weird Even if you say it, meek, meek, it's just kind of a weird word, okay? I don't use it a lot. I feel like calling someone meek would be an insult. Hey, Mr. Meek, right? It, it doesn't, it sounds, I don't know if it's because it, in English it rhymes with the word weak or, or why, but somehow the word meek has taken on this connotation of weak. When I was a kid, I always, when I heard the word meek, I always thought weak, right? Weak, a wussy, right? A fearful person, a pushover. I did not want to be meek. It was not a word that I would have associated with a strong woman or a strong man, meekness. But yet here we're told, blessed are the meek, right? It's like the wussies will inherit the earth. And I'm thinking, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And by God's grace, that's not what meekness means. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about pushovers or weak people. In fact, uh, meekness is almost the exact opposite of that. Meekness is a very different thing than that. I don't know if you guys remember back in the day in the 80s, uh, a guy named Andre the Giant. Says, yes, everybody loves Andre the Giant. I talk about Jesus, nothing, Andre the Giant, everybody's excited. Okay, fine. <laughs> Andre the Giant was this big, humongous, hugongous, ginormous guy, right? Just huge. His hands were like, you know, he'd put them on people's face and it'd be like cover their whole head. He was huge. He was this professional wrestler. Um, which is fake, Glenn, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Um, he was also in the movie Princess Bride. Yes. Yes. Once again. Okay. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Um, that guy. Okay. The humongous guy. And he could basically crush a normal man or woman very easily just because he was so huge. Yet outside of sort of the wrestling ring and all that, he actually seemed like this very gentle very chill type of guy. You've heard the term probably before, gentle giant. Gentle giant. The idea of someone that has all this power, that's, that's huge and strong and powerful, and yet does not use their power even though they could. They're gentle. They choose to be gentle. They don't use that power. That's getting close to the idea 
of meekness. This is what C.S. Lewis says about meekness. He's talking about a knight, a meek knight back in the day. He says this, the knight is a man of blood and iron, a man familiar with the sight of smashed faces and the ragged stumps of lopped off limbs. Welcome to church. He is also a demure, almost a maiden-like guest in a hall, a gentle, modest, unobtrusive man. He is not a compromise or a happy mean between ferocity and meekness. He is fierce to the nth and meek to the nth. Jesus is meek. He's a model. He's our model of meekness. He is the God, the creator of everything. Everything. The stars, the galaxies, you, me, trees, the whole thing. He did all of that, right? All that. He is literally omnipotent. All-powerful. He has all the power. And yet he humbled himself to become a human being, to become a man. That is meekness. When you have all the power and you're willing to lay it aside for somebody else. Okay? He had complete power, but he allowed himself to be killed on a cross. He put his love for you and for me, for us, above his own needs. He put his rights as the holy God of the universe aside for you and for me. That is meekness. That is meekness. There is nothing weak or fearful or pushover or wussy about meekness. Nothing. God calls us to be meek. He says we're blessed if we are meek. But once again, this is totally upside down. And why is it upside down? Because here's the thing. The world does not like the idea of foregoing rights or power. If you've got power or you've got rights, you're going to use your power or you're going to exercise those rights. We're obsessed with our rights. Right? You hear anybody talk you know, about issues today or politics or anything else, it's rights. This is my right. We have these rights and this is this right and that right and this right. We're obsessed with it. We're all about rights. The idea of putting rights aside is not something that we value. Powerful people like to show you that they're powerful, right? They want you to know that they're powerful. They're going to use their power. Big corporations are using their power, right? They're rarely putting their power aside so that other people can benefit. That is the way of the world. Jesus' way is meekness which is upside down, the idea that you would have tons of power and tons of rights and that you would be willing to put those aside for the benefit of others. A totally different thing. A meek person is not obsessed with her rights. She's not obsessed with her power. She's not obsessed with what she can do or what she's allowed to do. She's obsessed with her relationship with God and her care for others. The meek person puts God first and others above himself or herself. If you are truly humble, you, you know that word, if you are truly humble, you'll probably be meek. I have a cat and two dogs, okay? Cat and two dogs. My cat is not meek. My cat is not humble. She thinks she owns the place. She thinks that we basically exist to serve her. That's her mindset 
on life. We're there for her benefit, right? She thinks she's so smart and above us and better than us, but she's not so smart that she doesn't know you can't catch the end of a laser light. Yeah, she hasn't figured that one out yet. The dogs, they look at me like, you're holding that in your hand. I'm not going to chase that. The cats are all over the place. It's really fun to watch. She's an idiot, right? But she thinks, she's very arrogant. She's very arrogant, but very cuddly. But my dogs, they're just happy to be here, right? Everything's just good. They're just good. They're just happy. They're like, what's going on? I like you. Yeah, yeah. Is, Is that something to chew? Is that a squirrel? I like you. That's how they are. They're totally like that all the time, right? Um, do you know anybody like that? Anyone who's just happy to be here? We have this friend in Tennessee, a daughter of, of some of our real close friends named Abby Arwood. And Abby, she's just happy to be here. I mean, she really is. It's like people want to do so, whatever people want to do, like, hey, we want to go do this, we want to do that. She's like, cool, let's go do that. It's never like, oh, I don't want to do that. She's like, whatever people want to do, whatever's going on, I'm just happy to be here. She's just kind and gentle and sweet to basically everybody, maybe not her siblings, but to basically everybody else. She's very sweet and kind. That is a heart attitude, right? That is a heart attitude. That's part of meekness. That's part of meekness. Putting other people first. Putting other people above yourself. When you have a right, you have a right to say, well, I don't want to do that or I want to do this, but you put that aside because other people could be benefited by you doing that. That's part of meekness. It's a hard attitude that says, I'm not better than other people. I'm not a cat, right? I'm a dog. I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy that God loves me enough to be here. I'm just happy that I get to be around these other people. I'm just happy that I get to live this life. That's part of meekness. And it's ultimately a hard attitude that says, I'll give up my power. I'll give up my rights. I don't, I don't need to exercise all of that because I'm humble Know who I am as to God. Know who I am as to other people. And I'm good with that. I'm relaxed in that. I'm comfortable with that. That's part of meekness. But the most significant, the most essential part of meekness is a trust in God that is greater than the trust that you even have in the ground. None of you are sitting here fretting that a sinkhole is going to open up and the building is going to fall into it, right? You're not even thinking about that because you trust the ground so much. Meekness is a trust for God. Yeah, you might be thinking about it now. <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're fine. Um, trust for God more than that. Trust for God more than that is essential to meekness. Trusting God's power and his promises The meek person believes that God is who he says he is. The meek person believes that God is doing and will do his will. And the meek person believes that God's will is good. All of those things. All of those things. Believes in God, believes that God is who he says he is, that he is doing and will do and will accomplish his will, and that his will is good. A meek person has that in their heart as just a rock that they depend on. If you believe those things, even more than you believe that the ground will hold you up, your life will look a certain way, right? If, you're, if you believe that and you truly know that and you walk in that, your life is going to look a certain way because you're going to live in the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to understand that pain or difficulty or even your own death or the death of a loved one will be worked out for good. Because God's will will be done. 
God's will will be done. Having that kind of confidence. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good. We know that all things work together for good. We know, we know to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Not just we believe, we know that that's going to happen. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Now, I've repeated it a lot of times because it's incredibly important. It's incredibly important. Meekness comes from knowing that. From knowing that because you believe that. You believe it. If you believe it and you know it, you simply just can't be moved. You can't be moved. You will be strong. If you have faith in God, then you trust God, right? And, and you know that God has the power and has the power to do the work and that he does the work. It's not dependent on you, that your power is in him. All of those things. What would our lives look like if we believed that? How would we live if we knew that? If we knew that? I could probably preach hundreds of sermons on the implications of what our lives would look like if we truly walked in the belief and knowledge that God's who he says he is, that he is doing and will do his will, and that his will is good. If you just believe that, if that was just the center of your being, what your life would look like, we could talk and talk and talk about that. Let's think about some things that would be different for you. That would be different for you if you believed that thing. Let's start kind of with the big picture. If you're overly worried and anxious about the state of the world, you are not understanding what God has promised. You are not understanding what God has promised and that he is doing his will and that his will will be done. Okay? If you're watching the news, you're probably hearing that violence is increasing, that immorality is increasing, that the number of people claiming to be Christ followers, Christians, is decreasing. You probably hear all this stuff. If hearing that causes you worry and fear, you are not believing Romans 8.28. You're not believing it. You're not knowing it. You're not being meek because you're not trusting in the power of God to do his will and to fulfill his promises. It's kind of a big picture thing. I see a lot of people walking around with a lot of fears. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And of course, that's what politicians do, right? And news people do and whatever. They live on making you afraid. This horrible thing is going to happen. You know, and then it's running across the bottom of the screen. This horrible thing just happened and another horrible thing just happened. <laughs> right? That's news. Right? They want to make you afraid. If they make you afraid, you are not trusting in God and his power to do his will. You are not trusting in God and his power to do his will. If you're fretting over politics, if you're overly afraid of what's happening in the world of government and courts and what's the Supreme Court going to do and legislatures and, and all of that, you're not being meek if you fear those things. And let me be clear about something. I'm not saying you can't be sad. You should be sad that the world is where it is. I'm not even saying you can't have some righteous anger as long as you don't sin in that anger. I'm not saying you should have no emotions. I'm saying the, that what you should not have is fear and doubt and anxiousness. Because those things come from not believing that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Meekness and fear cannot go together. The meek are not afraid. The meek are not afraid. They're powerful in Christ. 
The meek are powerful in Christ. I'm not saying that there's not going to be some pain, that you're so powerful that there's not going to be some pain. We live in a broken world, in a fallen world. There's going to be some pain. But what are you afraid of? That God's not on his throne anymore? That he's not powerful enough to fulfill every single promise that he's ever given? Do you not believe that he can do that? If you don't believe that he can do that, that's the thing you should be working on the most right now. Believing that he can and believing that he will. What are you afraid of? He will do what he said. He is doing what he said he will do. He is working and he will always work all things together for good for you who love him. How do you react when people insult you? How, how, what is the reaction mentally? What is the reaction in the, way that you, in the things that you do when people insult you or when they treat you like you're less valuable than them? There's a few ways that people usually deal with that. They either get kind of angry or kind of afraid or maybe they go in this other direction. They start to believe the insults. They start to believe they are less valuable. None of that is meekness. Meekness trusts God. Meekness believes what God has said about you, that you were made in his image and in his likeness, that he loves you, that he died for you, that he rose again, and that you are his child and his friend. If you believe those things, if you know those things, insults cannot move you because you know the truth. You know that he's going to work all things together for good to those who love him. You rest in that. If you believe those things and you know those things, no insult can harm you. No insult can harm you. It's amazing how being grounded in the truth takes away the ability of the world, Satan, and all the rest of it to do harm to you, right? It's amazing. What if someone accuses you of something you didn't do? What if someone threatens you? Do you have fear? How do you react to that? Are you quick to defend yourself? Are you a person who anything that, that happens, you're just a super quick to the defense? You want to defend yourself all the time? A meek person is not quick to defend themselves. A meek person trusts that God will support and defend and justify. That's what a meek person believes. Matthew 10, 17 through 20 says this, But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils, and scourge you in their synagogues. You'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. It is God who has the power. A meek person gets that. A meek person can depend on God to protect and defend and even speak for you. So there's no fear when there's accusation. There's no fear when there's insult. There's no fear when there's threats. Meekness is knowing that God is powerful and that he's yours, that you're his. And resting in that and treating other people well because of that. Treating other people well because of that. Because the meek person knows they're in God's hand and trusts God completely. They don't have to always fight for their rights and their power against other people. They don't have to do that. James 1, 19 through 21 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. 
Therefore, because of that, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, we are so not like this. We are so not like this so often, or at least I'm not. I stopped watching cable news a long, long time ago, many, many years ago, because of this very thing, right? You have two heads, one on this side of the screen and one on this side of the screen, and they're talking, right? But they aren't like this verse. They are swift to speak, slow to hear, and quick to wrath. Right? That's exactly what it is. Blah, 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 right? And they just say these things to each other the whole time. It's very nerve-wracking and annoying. And generally, the people who are watching, they agree with one side or they agree with the other side, and they kind of want to see this verbal boxing match happen. Right? But none of that has anything to do with meekness. That's not meekness. If you're always the person who has to make a point, just check your heart on this. If you always have to make a point, if you always have to be right, I know that doesn't describe any of you, but if you have any friends, you could tell them about this. If you're always thinking of the next thing you're going to say, you're probably not being very meek. You're probably not being very meek. Confession time for me, this is something that I've had to work on a lot. I know you can't believe that. But remember, my original vocation was as a lawyer. I was literally paid to argue with people. People gave me money for that. They're like, go argue with that guy. Money. That's how it worked. The whole thing. That was the whole thing, right? So the faster I could respond, the better, right? The more that I could just get my thing. And in the courtroom, maybe that's the way to go, okay? But at the Thanksgiving table with Uncle Greg, right, who's the Republican or the Democrat or the moon landing denier or whatever Uncle Greg is in your house that you don't like, right? Meekness means listening and calmly, thoughtfully answering, slow to speak. Sometimes, and I know this is tough, but sometimes it even means letting Uncle Greg make his point and then going on to dessert. Right? For some of us, the very idea that we would not fight to the death over the mashed potatoes with Uncle Greg over whatever it is he's saying, his political ideas or his views on whatever, it's unthinkable. We can't let that stand. We can't let somebody say that and it's not true. We, we just, uh, we got to defend, right? That's how some of us are. That's how I am sometimes. But that's because we're not being meek. It's because we're not being meek. We're not trusting God and we're not being like Christ. It's not how he was. We're not willing to give up our power and our rights for the good of another person sometimes. And I know what you're thinking in your head right now, but Uncle Greg is such a jerk. And he's always wrong. I'm going to tell you a secret. And I want you to get ready for this. Just prepare yourself for this. Uncle Greg thinks the same thing about you. <laughs> and a little more truth for you. If you're like this, a lot of other people think the same thing about you. I know this from experience. Meekness and arrogance do not mix. There is no connection between meekness and arrogance. Needing to be right, needing to be above, needing to get your, your words in, needing to show other people that, you, that you're smarter than them. All of that, that's not meekness. Now, meekness is not thinking that you're dumb. You're not dumb. You were made in the image and likeness of God. That's the whole point. You know that. 
Meekness is about realizing that maybe you don't know everything. Maybe you could listen to some things. But God does know everything. And you can trust him and relax and rest in him. That's what meekness is about. A meek person is going to be a relatively calm person. They're going to be a relatively chilled out person. And it's hard for, us, for some of us to be meek. It's hard for me. But it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. And in my experience, the more you want it, the more you ask for it, the more he gives it. The more he gives it. Meekness has to start with a love for God first. And then a love for other people. A love for God and a love for other people. If you love God and trust him and trust what he has told you about who you are, about who he is, about how valuable you are as a person to him. If you, under, if you can start to comprehend that he died for you on a cross, for you. If you can just start to even get your mind around that. It's going to change you. It's going to change you. And then it becomes, you become confident. You build a confidence in yourself because of who you are in Christ. And once you're there, it becomes so much easier to love other people. It becomes so much easier to love other people out of a position of strength. If you get that vertical relationship right between you and God and you're trusting and believing those things, then that horizontal relationship you have with everybody else can be filled with meekness. It can be filled with meekness. Meekness is the calmness and gentleness with other people that comes from you being a person that trusts God. If you trust God about what he says, and you have to trust him about what he says about every other human being, and what he says about every other human being is that they are also made in his image and likeness, that they are also crazy valuable, even, and maybe especially, Uncle Greg. He's actually valuable. He's actually made in the image and likeness of God. Generally speaking, and this is important for some of us, generally speaking, people are not your opponents. People are not your opponents. You don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, spirits in the air and the heavenly places, okay? There's a spiritual war going on for the ultimate destiny of human beings. People are not your opponents. When they upset you, when they're wrong about stuff, when they're whatever, you've got to understand that they're trying to live in this world just like you are, and they've got their whole thing going on, all their own stuff. If you always are rubbing against everybody, then you're seeing everybody as an opponent. Some of us struggle with that. You know, there's the, I've got just my family, and that's the only people who are, got a couple of close friends, and everybody else, I don't like people, right? A lot of people, I don't like people. I don't like being around people. Well, listen, we're not that likable people, but we should love them. We should love them because of what God says about who they are, and if you're meek, you will because you trust God, and you trust what he says about who they are. If you see people through meekness, you see their value, and you love them. You'll set aside your rights and your power, and you'll serve them just as Jesus did and as Jesus does. Your worldview will change. Your politics will change. The way that you view all kinds of things will change. If every time you thought about the issues in the world, think about this. If every time you thought about it, you think about everyone involved as made in the image and likeness of God. Those who agree with you, those who don't agree with you, those who are affected by all the different people on all the sides of the issue, all the people 
if you see them as precious people who you are called to love and to serve, it might just change the way you think and the way that you live. But if you're very rights and power-based, it's very difficult to value and love other people because your rights by their nature are rights over and against other people. That's what they are. That's what rights are. You wouldn't have to talk about rights except as to other people in a community. Your power by its nature is power over and against other people. Right? And so if you're meek, you have to be willing to put that aside. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. It is, it is meekness and not weakness that turns the other cheek. It's meekness and not weakness that lets Uncle Greg make his point and just says, I'm just glad to be with you. I'm just happy to be here. That's meekness and not weakness. It's meekness and not weakness that washes feet. It's meekness and not weakness that serves, that puts others first. It's meekness and not weakness that bites the tongue. It doesn't say that thing that you could say that you have the power to say and you have the right to say. And they should get a piece of your mind. It's meekness, not weakness, that keeps you quiet in those moments. It's meekness and not weakness that doesn't have to win all the time. That doesn't have to have all your rights, doesn't have to exercise power over others, doesn't need any of those things. It's meekness, it's meekness, it's meekness that will attract people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Period. It is meekness that will attract people to the gospel of salvation. I promise you, it's not heavy-handed arguments. It's not superior attitudes. It's not hypocrisy. It's not any of those things that will attract people to Jesus Christ and his gospel through you. It's meekness. Are you striding confidently, trusting in God as you walk through life? Yeah, that thing's over there. Yeah, that thing would scare most people, but most people don't know that they're God's child. I don't have to fret and fear about that. Are you walking like that or are you picking your way through the ice? God, I hope you I hope this next step's going to be okay, God. I hope you're still up there on your throne, you're not taking a break. Now, are you just walking? Are you just living? Are you confident? Are you confident in God? Are you confident in Jesus because your neighbor, if he sees you picking your way through the ice in life, why would your neighbor be attracted to a God that you don't trust enough to walk confidently in? If you have to always exercise your rights, if you're always being difficult, if you're always exercising power, why would your neighbor be attracted to that? If you don't have enough confidence in God to be able to set aside your power for someone else's benefit, then you don't have much confidence in your power. You don't have much confidence in your rights. God showed us. He, he knew. He knows who he is. He's God, creator of everything. And he was able to set all that stuff aside, spit on, beat. Do you know what he could have done? You don't want to know what he could have done to the people who were yanking his beard out and spitting on him and stripping him naked and nailing him to a cross. And he set it all aside for them. He was a God of the universe. He is the God of the universe. That's meekness. And it's attractive. It's the thing that has saved my soul. It's the thing that has renewed my spirit. Your unbelieving neighbor, friend, co-worker will not be attracted to the gospel if your faith is weak. 
only if your faith is meek. Humility about ourselves, confidence in God. That's the way that we live, and we will inherit the earth. And we will inherit the earth. Read Psalm 37. I'm not going to go through all that today. But if you want to hear more about meekness and how how the meek person is and and God talking through that, and God talking about not fearing how the wicked prosper sometimes and how these things happen, a meek person trusts God. No matter what they see going on, they can have faith that he's going to make it right. Trust God. God has the power. Don't fear the idolater or the atheist or the evil happening on the earth or whatever. You don't need to fear any of that. You can trust God. Listen. Listen, Christ follower. You already have everything in Christ. You already have everything in Christ. Listen to Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You have been saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast, and you are already seated together in the heavenly places with Christ. You already have it. You've got it. There is nothing that you have to fear. There is nothing that is not yours. It's yours. It's all yours. Why fight? Why fight with your unbelieving neighbor or your believing neighbor or the person next you? Why worry about what this person said about you or that person said about you or you feel less valuable when this happens or you feel more valuable or less valuable when that happens or you need enough Facebook likes or you need this or that? You're already seated in the heavenly place with Christ Jesus. You already have it all. You have it all. That's what God thinks of you. That's what I think of you. I love you. I care about you. It breaks my heart when I see squabbling, when I see petty jealousies, when I see disagreements over issues that lead to people thinking less of one another, it, it, it crushes me because you don't know who you are. You're Jesus Christ. You're God's children. If you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, you've got it all. You should be able to live in meekness. You should be able to trust God. And what are we doing? Are we a light to the world if we're not meek? We should, there should be no weakness here. Only meekness. And we need to learn to live in it. We need to learn to live in it. You can walk in meekness. Strong and steady and confident in Christ Jesus. You can give up your rights. You can give up your power and serve your neighbor and your brother and be okay with that because you know everything is already yours. And you want it to be his or hers also. You don't need to lift yourself up or promote yourself or bluster about how great you are. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. 
Do you trust that? If you trust that, you don't have to talk a big game about who you are. People don't want to hear it anyway. Repent of your unbelief. We need to repent of our unbelief, and we need to believe. We need to know, Romans 8, 28, that God will work all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are the called according to his purpose. We need to believe and know that. We need to be meek, and if we're meek, we'll be blessed and inherit the earth. Well, thanks for listening to that Acts Church sermon. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you did, we'd love it if you would comment or uh, give us a review or give the track a like. Uh, It really means a lot to us to hear back from people who have um, heard these sermons and have been impacted by it. So share your story with us. Share what is happening in your life um, that this is speaking into. And remember, you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast so that you can get all of our releases as soon as they come out. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with more next week.